Hey guys, welcome. Hey everybody. Uh, great to have you with us again this evening. We're um, in session three of Ooh. our series on the supernatural. We've covered angels, we've covered demons. Tonight, Kathy is going to take us through signs, wonders, and miracles. Um, really looking forward to this evening. Signs, wonders, and miracles are not an end in themselves any more than a sign is an indication or is an end in itself. Um, a sign points to something. It points to a destination, points to where we're going. And so it is with signs, wonders, and miracles. They have a purpose, and the purpose is to point to God, to his purposes and to his kingdom. Any treatment of signs, wonders, and miracles involves something of a balancing act. On the one hand, you don't want to overemphasize signs, wonders, and miracles because then it becomes a distortion. But on the other hand, you don't want to underemphasize them because they're a legitimate expression of who God is, what he's like, what his kingdom is about, and his purpose for, for our lives and for his glory. Hopefully, we're going to strike a balance between those two things, not overemphasizing or underemphasizing it. But getting it right, that's the journey we invite you into. And with that, I'll hand you over to Kathy. Yeah, guys, it's so wonderful to be with you again. And it's just so vital for us as, as believers that we are able to, to dig into this stuff. And um, I think the church has never before needed uh, a time like this where, where we really understand what it means to walk in power of the Spirit seeing signs, wonders, and miracles following those who believe. And uh, we really would love to have your questions coming in at the end. So please remember to pop them down in the comments. And um, there's, there's really no silly question, and we'll try and answer them to the best of our ability. We by no means are experts on these things, but um, we're on a journey like everyone else. Um, but it's been so fun to go through the scriptures and and really dig into this topic. And um, there's been some some wonderful moments where God's just illuminated some things. So I'm excited to talk about signs, wonders, miracles uh, today. And um, yeah, so we're going to get started. So we're going to take a little bit of time just to provide a bit of a biblical framework for what signs, wonders, and miracles are, why they're part of the biblical narrative, and then the part they now play in the lives of believers in the 21st century. So I want to start by taking us back to the beginning, oddly enough, and um, just paint us a little bit of a picture of this God who we get to to worship and who, who brings us these incredible signs, wonders, and miracles. And we journey from Genesis 1, where we see a formless void, there's darkness over the waters, and then God begins to speak creation into being. And light comes in, and then we see the earth begin to be formed and shaped, and a beautiful and intricate world is created in which humans dwell, and then God comes and he communes with his creation and the people that are in it. It's really quite incredible. And two things stand out in this account. Um, the one is the immense, glorious God who speaks this universe into being. Really, it's quite something to think about. The universe, as large as it is, that the one who we serve made it. And his creation reflects his glory. And then also that this is a God who although he has this incredible, immense glory and majesty, he comes in and he intimately communes yeah. with man on earth. That's right. So what has that got to do with sign wonders and miracles? Well, quite a bit, it would seem. So the whole purpose of signs, wonders, and miracles can be summed up in three main areas. They point to God, who is the living one. He is the God of all gods. He is the one true God and they give him glory. They draw humanity to God and inspire mankind to turn from their ways and to repent and to believe in him. And finally, they reveal his character, his attributes, his nature, and his kingdom and power break in to this fallen world. So before we climb in, it's, it's quite important for us just to mention that while signs, wonders, and miracles in themselves are distinct from one another and, and perform different functions, um, they are also quite interchangeable. And you'll see quite often that people lump them together 
And frequently, even in the scriptures, you'll see there'll be a sign, one and a miracle, kind of all together, in in one story. And that's that's okay. And you'll see as we go through that there are some overlaps, and that's that's intentional on God's part. But the main thing to keep in mind is that all of those serve to glorify God, and we just that's keep right. that front and center of our minds. So so let's get to having a chat through what the individual elements are. We're going to start with signs. And so the Greek word for sign is a word, simeon, which I hope I've pronounced correctly. And this means a distinguishing mark whereby something is known. So signs serve to grab our attention. They are distinct and noticeable, and they point us to God. They give proof of his rule and his reign, and they also serve to authenticate the messengers that God chooses to bring his word. So we see that when God commissions Moses in Exodus 4, Moses has an argument with God. First, he doesn't want to go to Pharaoh, and he doesn't think that he's good enough. But then he also has this argument with God about worrying that the Israelites to whom he is now going to go and give this message won't believe him, that God has sent him. So God says, well, okay, I'm going to give you a sign so that they will believe you. And he gives, he says to Moses, we know the story, the staff in your hand, put it down, becomes a snake, he picks it up again, and it becomes a staff. And that is the primary sign to confirm that he is from the Lord. Verse 5 of Exodus 4 says, that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob has appeared to you. And then we see the result a little further on in verse 30. Aaron spoke all the words that the Lord had spoken to Moses and did the signs in the sight of the people, and the people believed. Signs confirm and point also to the rule of God over the earth and that there's no other God but him. We know that the nations served other gods, and that is still true today. And they believed that they were real, and they worshipped them. So science played a vital role in distinguishing God from other gods, and that proved that he was the only true God. Science in themselves were distinct enough that they would be clear to those serving foreign gods that something about this God was different. Deuteronomy 4.33 is God speaking, and uh, he says, has any God ever attempted to go and take a nation for himself from the midst of another nation? By trials, by signs, by wonders, and by war, with a mighty hand yeah. and an outstretched arm, and by deeds of terror, all of which the Lord your God did for you in Egypt before your eyes. To you it was shown that you might know that the Lord is God and there is no other beside him. Signs also confirm the word of the Lord. We see throughout the Old Testament, God chooses his prophets, and he gives them a word from the Lord, and they deliver it to the people. And then signs confirm that. And we see in the New Testament, Jesus spends quite a bit of time saying things like, it was as was spoken, these things need to be fulfilled as was spoken, as signs that he was in fact the Messiah. Acts 14.3 says uh, as well about the gospel, that when the gospel is preached, signs followed to prove that the gospel was the word of the Lord, and it was true. So they remained for a long time, speaking boldly for the Lord, who bore witness to the word of his grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. The virgin birth is also another sign that fulfilled the word of the Lord, and probably the most obvious one, just by way of example. Signs also become markers of the kingdom of God at work and of those who belong to it. Frequently, while performing signs, wonders, and miracles, Jesus declared that the kingdom of God was at hand. Every sign was pointing to this kingdom, to its existence, to its substance, and power, so that those looking on the signs would recognize and acknowledge that something greater than themselves was now at work. This was also his promise for those who would believe in him. 
Mark 16, verse 17 to 18 says, And these signs will accompany those who believe. Right, so that's signs, and uh, by no means has covered all the ground, and we're going to move now to wonders. So the Greek word for wonders is the word teras, which means extraordinary or wonderful work or a marvelous display. It's also the word from which we get the word terra in English, and it is derived and denoted something unusual and causes the beholder to marvel. Wonders uh, appeal to the imagination, and they cause us to respond in awe. They're usually on a grand scale, well outside of the realm of possibility, and often involve God using creation to reveal his greatness and his power. Wonders also declare the glory of God and reveal his power among the gods. In Exodus, Pharaoh questions who this God is that he should listen to Moses even after all the signs that he's already seen. God responds by sending his wonders. So he's already seen some signs, he now sends wonders. His power now is put on display in, in a real way that is it's like a step up from what he was doing with the signs. Plagues, rivers turning into blood, fiery hail, great darkness, and finally we see the plague of death. Exodus 3.19 says, but I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless compelled by a mighty hand. So I will stretch out my hand and strike Egypt with all the wonders that I will do in it. After that, he will let you go. And it's really significant that we have the words there, mighty hand. Frequently with wonders, when you see the wonders being performed, it is the mighty hand of God mm. that is moving to create those wonders. It's... His, his hand seems to denote power here. So whenever we are asking God for him to move in power, we, we need to be asking for his hand to move. And when his hand moves, we will see the incredible wonders of God on display. Yeah. These same wonders, though they did not bring repentance to Pharaoh, did cause much fear among the nations of the earth, of this mighty God that would accompany Israel and testify to his lordship and rule. We see this with Rahab the prostitute, and we know the story. She hides the spies that come into Jericho to spy out what's happening. And she talks with them. And what she tells them in Joshua 2 verse 9 is as follows. I know that the Lord has given you the land, and that the fear of you has fallen on us. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt. And then further down, and as soon as we heard it, our hearts melted. God's reputation had gone before him. Yeah. His signs and his wonders were being told all over the known world. And they were afraid because they understood that something much greater than themselves was at play. Which brings me on to my next point, which is that wonders inspire awe and a fear of the Lord. I've already spoken about Rahab and, and how she describes these mighty deeds and that the fame of God was already spreading. This plays out again in Mount Sinai, and it's just one of many examples, but it's quite an incredible picture. And what is unique about this picture is that in this case, it's the presence of the Lord that is the sign and the wonder yeah. as he comes down on the mountain. So I'm just going to read it because it's quite incredible. Exodus 19 and verse 16. On the morning of the third day, there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud on the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast so that all the people in the camp trembled. Now Mount Sinai was wrapped in smoke because the Lord had descended on it in fire. <laughs> I don't know about you, but... Um, it also describes the mountain shaking, and I think that would be me. Um, this is not, uh, it is a, a sense of terror and fear, but it's also, most importantly, awe of this great God that is now in their presence and the, all these signs and wonders happening. His presence is the sign and wonder. God was putting that on display, yeah. and it would be turning people's hearts towards him. 
And it's not only reserved for the Old Testament. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we see that awe and wonder also began to fall on the church of Acts because of the fact that God had poured out his spirit on them. So interesting that God comes down on the mountain and there's fire and there's lightning and there's smoke and, and it's this incredible moment where he is present on the earth and the, and the very earth begins to tremble and the people stand in awe and they worship him. And then we see God pour out and come down on his children in Acts too. And then we see signs and wonders break out after that. And all falls on the church and all of the cities around them as God's power comes on display. So let's chat through some miracles now. The Greek word for miracles is ergon. It's E-R-G-O-N. And this means the works of God. These are events that require the direct intervention of a supernatural being. Miracles by nature involve the realm of the impossible. And these are events that prove that to those who witness them that a greater being is at work. And most people uh, understand that. If you talk about miracles, generally people understand what that means. They might not necessarily be able to define it, but they understand that something greater is at work. And there's several examples of miracles all through scripture, and it would take me far too long to go through them all. And it's interesting that Paul says that the miracles that Jesus performed, there were so many of them that he, he couldn't fit it all in. Yeah. They can take many, many forms, but primarily we see them connected to natural events that are, are kind of ordinary. We see them all the time, but they become extraordinary. So some examples of those are the seas parting, we see yeah. food being uh, <clears throat> sent down, manna from heaven, the quail, food being multiplied. And then also we see God intervening in the lives of people. We see that with Sarah, who is elderly and beyond childbearing age, and her womb opens. Daniel in the lion's den, really he should have become a meal that day, and God intervenes. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in this fiery furnace, that should have killed them. And then we see, obviously, dead being raised, lepers healed. Even in the Old Testament, we see that. The thing about miracles that is, is more unique is that they really do reveal God's nature and his heart. God wants to take care of his children. His desire is to make the broken whole, the unclean clean, and that which is dead come back to life. Miracles happen when the kingdom of God breaks into the kingdom of this world and we begin to see a little bit of what heaven is like and what God's intent is for his creation is manifested on earth. This is the kingdom of God, heaven on earth. Yeah. It comes as no surprise then that Jesus, God with us, Emmanuel, was one attested to by many miracles. In other words, the reason people knew that he was from God was because there were so many miracles that accompanied him. And we see him representing this kingdom where there, there is a restoration of that which is good on earth through Jesus. He manifested and carried it with him wherever he went. And during his ministry, we see that restoration where blind people can see, deaf people can hear, the lame can walk, sins are forgiven, the dead are raised, sickness is healed, lives are restored, and people are set free from demonic oppression. So what can we expect now as believers today? Well, the word says that signs and wonders should follow those who believe. And all through our journey this evening, we've examined what signs, wonders, and miracles are. Yeah. And we've looked at some examples. But I want to turn our attention now to how God used people to accomplish those signs, wonders, and miracles, and how that impacts on our faith journey today. Because ultimately, we are now partnering with God. He has poured His Spirit out on us, and we want to make sure that we understand uh, what our position is so that we can live out our faith the way He has called us to. The Spirit of God is the source of power. 
And that's really so essential that we understand that the power that, that we can walk in is from him. In the Old Testament, God would select individuals to pour his spirit on. And usually those were his prophets, and not always prophets, and he would abide with them to accomplish his purpose. Moses is an example, and he had the promise from the Lord that God's presence would go with him. God spoke to him like a friend face to face. And through the Spirit of God, Moses was able to do great and mighty works. He was really an ordinary man, but God used him powerfully. Samson is another example I'd like to use. It's kind of an unusual one, but Samson, as we know, had supernatural strength, which came when the Spirit of God would rush on him. And a lot of people have said over the years, and I've heard it so many times, that it's about his hair. But really, that was just a sign that he was set apart from God. It was the Spirit of God that came upon him that gave him that strength. Without the Spirit of God, he was reduced to the strength of a normal man. Any signs, wonders, and miracles that God might do through us is because of the Spirit's power at work. Yeah, not because right. of anything that we do. The new covenant is such good news because it means that we can be stepping into that power. Joel 2 talks about the Spirit being poured out upon all flesh, everyone. And that means that his church now becomes this, this massive vehicle through which the kingdom of God can, can come. Luke 9 verse 1 to 3, says this. And he called the twelve together, this is Jesus speaking, and gave them power and authority over all demons to, and to cure diseases, and he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. The word power here is the Greek word exousia, and that means authority or jurisdiction or dominion. And it's so exciting to read this because we have been given full authority in Jesus that's right. Over demonic powers and over sickness. That's right. And we can expect to be able to, by the Spirit of God, exercise that authority. In Acts 1, verse 8, it says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the end of the earth. The word power here is the Greek word dunamis, which means the ability to perform miraculous works or mighty deeds. This is so exciting to me. The Spirit gives us the ability to perform miracles. It's just, it's quite a mind meld for me that, that God would come and he would land on people and that these incredible mighty works can be done. We can do the works Jesus did because the Spirit is with us. God is still performing signs, wonders and miracles today. And of course, he could do them without us, and he often does, but he has chosen in his wisdom to partner with us to do them. That's right. When we walk in the power of the Spirit, preach the gospel, and witness about Jesus, then we can expect that signs, wonders, and miracles will accompany our message. Then those who hear and see will stand amazed. They'll repent. They'll come to faith. Acts 5 verse 1 says, Now many signs and wonders were regularly done among the people by the hands of the apostles. But the people held them in high esteem. And more than ever, believers were added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women. All through the book of Acts, we see boldness come upon believers to preach the gospel. Prison doors are opened. Physical chains and locks are removed. The lame walk deaf here. And all falls on the church and the people in the region. Jesus said that he needed to leave so that he could send us the helper, the Holy Spirit, because he knew that there was something we needed to do that was greater than what he was doing. So Jesus says that we can do greater works than him. And I've thought a lot about this mm -hmm. because what could we do that's greater than Jesus? He kind of covers all the bases. <laughs> um, and it is a subject for debate, which, which I won't get into. But most scholars agree that it's really not necessarily about greater works as such specific things, but actually that the scale and the scope of what we would be able to do was so much bigger than Jesus' time on earth. The numbers of people 
uh, even we see that even in Acts, as Peter begins to preach, so many more people come to faith in that short amount of time. And I think they're probably right. The point of it all today for us is that if we believe in Jesus and we are filled with the Spirit, then we can do the works that Jesus did and greater, and we can rest that we, in the fact that we have the authority to do it. Yeah. The question is, do we believe it? Do we expect that signs and wonders and miracles will follow us and flow from us as we walk out our faith? Remember, it's not about the supernatural events in and of themselves. Jesus even says that it's a wicked generation that seeks a sign. So it's not that we seek those things out, but rather that as we are filled with the power of God, that those things will naturally follow. And we must remember that it is really about bringing glory to God. Mm. And so that people come to him and have faith in him. We then show the world who our God is. And when they see him, our, our hope is that they would stand amazed and believe this is our mandate. Let's believe. Very good. That's <laughs> brilliant. That's brilliant. Um, I so love the distinction between uh, dunamis and, and exousia, authority and power. Absolutely. And, and how, how that really, it's because so often we think of it only in terms of power. Like, yeah. That, that God has the ability to, to do stuff through us because um, he's given us his Holy Spirit. But it's more than that. He's given us the authority to speak on his behalf yeah. and to do things on his behalf. And I think that that's such an important idea that we get both of those things. It's brilliant. Absolutely. Um, so, I wondered if before we, we take questions, I just thought um, just to kind of kick off and then we'll take some questions, just to share a couple of stories just to, to, to motivate us and encourage us. Um, uh, I just wanted to share a story about a time of um, ministry in Zimbabwe. Um, we had a team there for some worship, and um, we ended up having a day off, and we were taken to a church uh, who took us into kind of a low-cost housing area, and there was a whole community that they were ministering to there. And we broke up into groups, and we were going to be going around and just ministering to people. I ended up with the group with the pastor in it, and he had someone specific he wanted to visit, so we had a little route that we were going to take. It was quite a random route, um, although he knew where we were going to eventually. And um, we stopped along the way, and one of the, the people we came across was a gentleman who was fixing a bicycle. And um, he is, was an elderly gentleman, and he and his wife were leading a church. What was so exciting about this was that the pastor had actually had a dream the night before about a man fixing a bike, and then we came across this guy. And um, it was just so wonderful to encourage them. They were leading a tiny little church in their home, and he happened to not be able to go to work that day because of his puncture on his back that he was fixing. And we got chatting, we're talking, we're ministering, we prayed for them. And then right at the end, he says, you know, I had a vision this morning that you all would come to me today. And we were like, what? <laughs> That's so amazing. And um, it was just such an encouragement to us that God was with us, that he had spoken and that he had destined that moment. And then we kind of kept walking, we spoke to a few more people, and then we got to the gentleman that we wanted to minister to, who was sick. And we got into his tiny little um, hut that he was in, and we, he was really sick. He was uh, on his bed, flat on his back, prayed for him, and then he sat up and he was feeling so much better. And then his eyes um, began to sparkle as we prayed for him again, and, and he just got better and better and better while we were with him. And we were talking, and he was so excited. And then he, he stopped, and he pointed at each one of us, and he said, but I just want to tell you that I have seen each one of you in a vision that I've had this morning. And, and he pointed to me, and he says, and you, the one lady with these men walking here to minister, and I was absolutely blown away. And um, the detail of God, and it was just a sign, and it just in particular pertains to the conversation we had about signs. This just confirmed that we were in the right place at the right time. And it was a confirmation for these mm. men um, that God saw them and that he knew what they needed. So, yeah. Very good. Yeah. 
cool story. That's so cool. <laughs> um, you want to see you want to see signs and wonders breaking out. I've seen Kathy across the border, and that's what happens <laughs> for 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 real. I've seen it more than once. Um, so so there's some great questions here. I'm just going to take from the top. The first is a question from Sherwin Arnold. Hey, he, Sherwin. Hey, Sherwin. He asks, can the devil perform... Oh, dear. Kathy activated Siri. Um, can the devil perform signs, wonders, and miracles? Ooh, good uh, the short answer is yes. Absolutely. Yeah, can. So if you remember the story, I'll, I'll give you two examples. The story in, in Egypt is that as Moses was performing various signs, wonders, and, and miracles, up to a point, the, um, the Egyptian magicians matched them. Yeah, that's right. But, but there came a point where they couldn't match them anymore. And, and one, of the, one of the signs that the, the signs of God were greater is that um, the, the staff that Moses turned into a snake um, ate the, the, <laughs> the two snakes of the... the um, that the magicians had, had, had transformed their yeah. staffs into. So that's one thing. But I, I must say that we've got to be careful about taking that too far. Yeah. Because the Pharisees said of Jesus that it was by um, Satan that he was casting out Satan. Yeah. And Jesus' response was, well, how can a, a house divided against itself stand? How, how can you say that, that I by Satan drive out Satan? It makes no sense. So um, certainly it's, it's possible for the demonic to manifest in a supernatural sign and wonder, but I am personally cautious about um, ascribing things to, to demonic activity that, mm. that is supernatural, that, that may not actually be uh, demonic at all. So um, that is something to bear in mind, but certainly, yes, the devil can definitely perform signs, wonders, and miracles. Yeah, sad. Um, then we had another question. It was from Mark Williams Wynn. It was about cessationism. So he asks, how do we respond to the cessationist idea that signs and wonders ended with the apostles? Perhaps we could just explain briefly what cessationism oh, is. Okay. So uh, cessationism says that, that the um, ability to form charismatic signs, or wonders, miracles, healing, the prophetic came to an end or ceased. That's what cessation is, comes to an end with the apostles. And the, the basic idea is that the purpose of those um, charismatic gifts was um, for the establishment of the, the early church and for the, the, the New Testament to be written. And once that had been achieved and the apostles who saw Jesus in the flesh died, um, those supernatural gifts are no longer available to the church. And uh, that's not what we believe. We believe that the gifts are available to us today. Mm. Um, so I think, how do we respond to that idea? You want to jump in? Yeah, well, I think... I've got a few ideas. You know, the, the, the scripture that I spoke about earlier said signs and wonders would follow those who believe. So that means that if we believe, then, then we will see signs, wonders, and miracles. Yeah. And also... When the Spirit is poured out on us, one of the signs of the Spirit's presence is often um, tongues or the gifts of the Spirit. And so when those are expressed, that, that, that's happening now. It's present continuous. And Jesus' instruction to us is to, to preach the gospel, to uh, cast out demons, to heal the sick. I mean, yeah. just that alone, healing the sick is an instruction to us, it's an imperative, and we are, are told that and we are given that as a mandate, um, which tells me that Jesus' intention was that we would continue to do that. And we see that expressed throughout the Church of Acts. But apart from that, you can you can tap into so many testimonies the world over of people who've been filled with the Spirit, seeing God move and, and His power on display. So um, it, it is a difficult one, and there are many people who believe that but um, that's, that's certainly not where we stand. No. So the, the kind of theological gymnastics that you have to engage in yeah. to say that, that the gifts were for then and not for now mm. runs into all kinds of difficulties because um, those gifts 
are, are, are signs that point to God, to the reality of the gospel, and to the transformational um, eternal power of God breaking into this world. If those gifts no longer are available to us, then what basis do we have for saying that the gospel is of any effect whatsoever? So that's point number one. Point number two is um, the way that we respond to, to those cessationist arguments is to demonstrate the power of God yeah. by performing signs, miracles, and wonders. Mm. I think the other point is just to quickly add is when you look at uh, Corinthians, you see uh, instructions laid out for orderly worship, um, and those include things like prophecy. Yeah, so, that's true. So again, we see uh, in instruction given in the scripture this idea that that's how life would look, yeah. and and so it's it seems a little strange to me to to even contemplate something else. Yeah, and Chantal um, asks a question. Well, expectation, and I think, yeah, I think that yeah. that's accurate. I'll, I'm going to deal with this in a little bit more detail next week when I speak on uh, healing. But um, the, the truth is that. God responds to faith, and faith looks like something. It looks like, among other things, expectation. Yeah. So if, if we expect God not to move, then he's going to meet that expectation frequently. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. If, if, if you hang around as people who expect God to move, you see God moving. Um, I invite you to spend a day with... Um, I met with the flag. Come on, help me. Oh, Sydney. With Sydney Jolson. <laughs> you, you spend a day with Sid Jolson. <laughs> And and I defy you not to believe, not to expect miracles. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, also, uh, miracles is one of the gifts of the spirit that's expressly stated that some people will, will walk in that. Yeah. Um, I think we do have all of us have access to it, but some will walk in it in greater measure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, somebody said, "Who was it? Uh, I think it was Drew." that um, to adopt a cessationist perspective is to provide an excuse not to take risks. And, yeah. and I think that that's fair because, because to believe that a miracle sign of wonder could occur means taking the risk of it not happening. Mm. And sometimes it doesn't. But, but we've got to be courageous enough to take the risk. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, no, no risk, no reward. No, and I think you know God speaks about hungering and thirsting after Him, and and that's really about that expectation, and that we we come to a God who provides living water, provides living bread, and and He wants us to be partnering with Him. So we just need to put out our faith, and we need to be like Moses actually. So you've got the staff in your hand now. If Moses could have stood there and not done anything with that staff. And he didn't. He never knew quite what was going to happen on the other side. Yeah. But that's where faith starts. It starts with the step. It starts with obedience. It starts with that expectation. And as we step into those things, we begin to see God move. Rahab makes a decision to follow God. She just steps out in faith. She has absolutely no idea that on the other side of her faith is going to be this incredible miracle. Sorry, incredible miracle. Um, and she, she sits with her house in the wall um, with those are the same walls that fell down in Jericho, and and she That's is spared right. all of her family as well, um, and so you never know. We just have to keep trusting him for the greater measures. Yeah. So I, those those are all the questions I have. I'd I'd love people to drop more questions into the into the messages into the comments section. Awesome. Um, and maybe we can deal with a couple more questions before we wrap up for the evening. Um, what I would like to do uh, while we just wait a little bit for that is just um, to take a moment to recommend some uh, books to mm. you. Um, so I have uh, read some really amazing, amazing books. Um, one of them, I can't find it right now, but it's, it's called Like a, a Mighty Wind. And um, it's a collection of stories of Indonesian missionaries and and. The, the things that they get up to while preaching the gospel. And they have some unbelievably wild 
radical stories of miraculous events that take place. Um, and I'll just tell you two of those stories. One of them was that they were preaching the gospel and they headed off into it's like this very rural area and they ended up with a group of people, like a, almost like a tribe, and they were invited to sit down. They were very friendly. Um, what they didn't know was that their meal had been poisoned. And um, they, the, the chief was very not, much not happy with them being there. Anyway, so a, a little while later, after eating the meal, there is much consternation. And, and they, they're like, well, what's happening? And the chief says, no, you don't understand. He said, we poisoned your meal with a deadly poison. You should be dead. And, of course, that entire group of people uh, turned to Jesus and came to faith. Um, That's right. And, and these guys just, all they were doing was it's very simple, preaching the gospel, having faith in Jesus. Um, another, another one of the stories is that they were uh, needing to get to a place that God had called them to. And they kind of reached a point where they were at a river, and the river was raging. It was really deep. And um, they needed to get to the other side. Um, and they prayed, and they asked God what to do. And he said, cross the river. So they uh, step into the water. Now, this water is really deep. The locals who were on the side of the river were saying, don't do it, don't do it. But they did. And one by one, they stepped out into the water. And they only got, got up to their shins in this water. And the people who were standing by the banks of the river absolutely amazed. And they literally walked across this raging river. So I can encourage you to get that book, Like a Mighty Wind. It's really incredible. It's another book called The Voice in the Night. Amazing, amazing stories by a surprise of Satole. It's his testimony. Um, he's yeah. also got some wild stories of God sparing his life. And just incredible things happening. Um, some other ones, the book about Brother Andrew. Uh, he smuggled Bibles into... Russia, and we, uh, you see stories there about him having all these Bibles in his car and, and miraculously no one sees them as they go through the border. So things like that. So it's quite encouraging to, to read the testimonies of, of Christians who are seeing these things happening and um, God moving in their midst. It's really powerful. Yeah, and another great book is, uh, from a theological perspective, is C.S. Lewis' book, Miracles. That's um, very good. I see that Stan has has uh, recommended a book. I haven't read it yet. It looks fantastic. By Craig Keener. Mm. He's written a very good, yeah, um, good. New Testament commentary. Mm. Um, but he's written a book here, Miracles, the Credibility of the New Testament Accounts. That looks fantastic. That mm. looks good. Um, yeah, great books. Absolutely. And can I could just encourage you, you know, just in doing um, some of the research for this, and these are some amazing books to, to get stuck into, um, what I have found so helpful is just to get stuck into the scriptures and to, yeah. to really just dig into um, the different accounts of, of miracles and signs and wonders. And, and if you really just sort of put that hat on for, for a, a few days and, and you get into the scriptures with those lenses on and you have a look, there's just incredible accounts. And one of the things was that I, that I was looking at when, when preparing for this was just some of the stories of, of Elijah the prophet. And what's really, really interesting is that we see so many of the miracles that, that were done through him are echoed again in the New Testament with Jesus. And it is, it's so significant because God is really, what he's doing there is he's reminding the people that actually you've seen this before, they would have known about those stories. So when they see um, the dead raised, this wasn't something that they were going, oh, wow, this was unexpected. This was like, this is God because we've seen no. this before. We yeah. know about these stories. So it's really, really important that we get into the word as much as possible and that we're looking at the Old Testament and the New Testament together and tying those things in because there are so many incredible um threads and loops that come together when we read the word and yeah. in this particular topic that's really really essential and, and maybe maybe two more things the first is hang around with people who perform miracles yeah yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> because what happens is you catch it yeah because because you see it happening and and it's you start seeing the world differently you start seeing opportunities, being more alive to the voice of God, saying, 
do this prayer here, speak to that person. Mm. So, so um, hang around with people who operate mm. in this way. Yeah. And um, secondly, I, I really I can't emphasize this enough. It's about expectation. If our eyes are fixed on the natural, we will accomplish the natural. If our eyes are open to the supernatural, mm. we will see the supernatural. Mm. Um, it, that's just how it is. It's, it's just a, it's a, it's a, it's a principle. Um, but th there's also the temptation to pursue the supernatural as, a, as an end in itself instead of pursuing God mm. and his goodness and his righteousness and his holiness. Um, which which overflows in the supernatural. Mm. So um, it, it really is important to have the right emphasis, I think, but at the same time um, to to exclude the supernatural in our pursuit of God mm. is is absurd because God is supernatural. Absolutely. And the, the world that we occupy, the space that we occupy, um, is, is not all just physical and natural. We occupy the supernatural realm, even if we're not aware of it. And miracle signs and wonders are an indication that the, the, the dividing wall between the natural and the supernatural has, has, uh, has uh, tears on the edge. And, and it's through those tears that, that the supernatural breaks through. Mm. Gary, it appears from us. From from what I'm looking at, the broadcast is interrupted. Is it over? I don't think so. I just checked it out here. Check. Okay, we're just going to check that we are still still with you. Um, maybe give us a, a wave or a hello just to let us know if you're still here. Yeah, us. drop a message, please. Say hi. <laughs> I've seen that the internet's struggling. It says attempting to reconnect. We, we are having technical issues. <laughs> Yeah, I think we are. I don't know if there's been a power outage somewhere. Maybe we've lost signal. Yeah. It does look like I'm feasting on the brains of the living here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm assuming from the lack of comments that we are definitely. Oh, oh. oh there's, there's more questions. I missed some. Okay, well, cool. Okay. Okay, I think we are back now. Are we back? <laughs> I've, I've got two questions I need to address here. Do you need a hotspot there? I've got signal, but it says it's trying to reconnect. I mean, I've got, I've got full bars. I don't know why. Do you want us to? Shouldn't be full bars. It's a lockdown. <laughs> yeah, we've got a blue light here. Do you want us to go on our phones, maybe? That's not going to help with the... Okay. I think it took too long and so it stopped. Okay. If anybody is, you haven't got signal there, hey? No, I'm just going to see if I can do it on my phone. Sure. <laughs> okay. Okay. Are we on? <laughs> we're back on. Hello. Okay, guys. Sorry about that little technical <laughs> challenge there. Well done if you've stuck around. So thank you for that. We do appreciate it. Um, you were making a point, or do you want to ask Yeah, there, there are two questions that have arisen. The one, both related to gold. So someone asked if, if uh, gold dust on people's hands is a, a miracle, a sign of wonder. And uh, Hilton Warburton asks, why does God perform signs like giving people gold teeth? How do acts like this glorify him? Um, I... I haven't seen in scriptures any indicate any instances that I'm aware of, and I'm, I'm open to correction on this, where people get gold on their hands or gold teeth, but but God is not limited by that. God can do what He mm -hmm. likes. Yeah. 
Um, so I don't know what the answer is. I do know that God expresses himself in different ways. Um, and, and certainly people who, whose credibility I, I have great faith in have, um, have told me that they've experienced something like gold dust on their hands um, or oil. Um, so, so certainly that appears to be a, spirit, a supernatural manifestation of a, of a sign or a wonder. Yeah, and I think the most important thing is to remember what the purpose is. So the, the purpose of a sign or a wonder is to glorify God and point to him. Yeah. So if, if people are becoming, I think, more focused on the sign and the wonder, um, then it's not that you question it, but certainly you want to make sure that the attention is drawn back to the one who has brought the sign and wonder. And um, so that's really critical. The other thing is that um, it's, it's, it's moments for the gospel. And that, that with, if that is starting to happen, preach the gospel. Uh, make sure people understand that it's Jesus that is doing that, that the Spirit of God is at work, um, and, and use the opportunity to, to remind people about the source. Okay. Oh, it looks like we're back on. <laughs> we are, there's 17 people watching. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I just wanted to make a point about the gospel. I think... What's really, really essential is that we remember that the gospel is really essential. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, in the world that we live in now, uh, people are they're exposed to so much, there's so much information, there's so much out there, but there really is a real hunger for what's authentic. And the kingdom of God isn't about talk, but it's really about power and the demonstration of that power. And, and, and I think never, never more than now, do we need to see that happening? Um, because a church that is authentically connected with God should have as a natural overflow um, signs, wonders, and miracles, um, not as an end in themselves, but so that there are opportunities to preach the gospel and that people come to him. 100%. Cool. Are there any other questions? That's it. Cool. Thank you so much for, for hanging in there. Sorry about the interruptions. We're not sure what happened or why. But um, we are just so delighted to be doing this series. And yeah, can absolutely. we just encourage you to jump on next week? We are going to be chatting through healing. Yeah, um, I can't wait. Yeah, <laughs> we are excited for that. Um, it's a big topic. And um, we know that it's, it's going to be really beneficial for you guys to hear that. Ray's got some really cool stuff um, to talk through. Yeah. And yeah, so please join us. Please share um, with others. Let them know. Um, and then... Remember to sign up if you want to uh, get more information about new courses that we're doing, if you want access to the videos that we're doing. And that's on the Glenridge website. And it's www.glenridge.org.za forward slash equipgc. Awesome to have you.